Hello, you dirty hooers. It's the number eight hooer himself, Tom again, coming at you. Dirty Hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtywhoers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. Also on Facebook. Deal with it. Geronimo! Fantastic. L on C. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant. Terry Lightfoot. Oolong Sputters Sputnik. Resident Pixie. Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President Sam. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, to make a start on this thing, well, we've already reviewed the TV movie, which is number blah, God knows, whatever it was. Go back and have a look if you can. <laughs> Basically, we loved it, and we loved the sound and all this sort of stuff. But we promised we'd do a review of every Doctor's episode in the 50th year. So we've come to McGann, and we've already, we've already done one audio book, which we'll do, Sharda. Sharda. Which is actually really good. But at the risk of the expense of going out and buying loads of other audio books, for those of us who haven't listened to them, I mostly me, because um, I don't really do non-canon audio books, usually, we thought we'd just uh, have a general chat. Now, obviously, Terry has something of vested interest. Vested in, interest? <laughs> in Mr. McGann. <laughs> More like uh, what, I have no plans for the future with Mr. McGann in any way. <laughs> There's no vested interest. I rest my case. <laughs> yeah. But before we get onto that, it's been a while since we recorded anything. And Fuchsia, you've been off doing interesting things. Yeah, uh, and I went to Dimensions. For those of you who don't know, Dimensions is uh, the annual Doctor Who convention uh, not too far away from where I live. So it's a nice, easy toddle down the road. Uh, this year, sadly, it was not in Seton Burn. We were no longer at the Holiday Inn in the middle of a roundabout, which had a certain sort of charm. We were actually on the quayside in Newcastle, which was a hoot, because it meant you could actually escape every now and again. But it was great fun. We had Colin Baker there. We had Sylvester McCoy there. We had Paul McGann there. Unfortunately, Peter Davison couldn't make it because he was working. All the big finished group yeah, there. Yeah, right. Peter Davison was working. <laughs> he's doing um, Law and Order. Yeah, he's doing oh, Law and Order. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to yeah. start watching that show. I don't yeah, it's good. watch that show No, anymore. if you've watched the American version, you don't need to watch the British version. Apparently, it's identical. No. Unless... Peter Davidson's in it, in which case yeah, I'll Peter watch Davidson's something. in the yeah. British version, yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll watch that. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, the big finish lot with there. Unfortunately, our friend Nick wasn't. He was too busy working, you know, probably being all the monsters in the 50th anniversary special. Mm. It was really good. There were a lot of old friends there. Toby Haydoke was there. He did a set on Saturday night for the comedy thing, which was absolutely hilarious. He's going to be not that this is going to be out in time for that but on November the 17th at the Garrick Theatre in London he's doing back to back performances of Moth's Sake My Doctor Who Scarf and My Steps on Stole My Sonic Screwdriver try saying that for the brilliant. cold I've got to say they are really good they're very heartwarming and they're very well observed and he's pretty cool too yeah he's going to try and film them so he can put DVDs out but it is oh, going good. to be the last time he's going to do Moths apparently oh really oh that's kind of a shame I, I know he's sort of said that before but it's always nice to hear it it was really nice <laughs> when it was on I think it was on Radio 4 mm, yeah it was I mean 
I, I'll never have a chance to see him, so it'd be nice if they did video it. Yeah, and he's incredibly yeah. funny, because I'd not seen his set before, and he's such a lovely bloke. We sat in the bar afterwards, getting slightly pissed on Jin, which, you know, was good fun. Hello, my name is Toby Haydock, and I am the aerial automatic in a world full of dirty whores. I shall make you very, very clean. And now, who else was there? What else Take was a drink on? if anyone's playing the game. <laughs> oh, I can name drop her for the country. <laughs> my name has been changed by William Russell. I am no longer my birth name. Bless him, the acoustics were dreadful, and he's nearly 90, and he didn't hear me very well. You know, it's William Russell. He can call me what he wants. What is your name? <laughs> my name is now Glyn. Oh, okay. Okay, all right, yeah. Yeah, yep. no, I can see that. Yeah, right. so I am now Glyn. The panel that he did with Peter Purvis and Annika Wills was just <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Peter Purvis doing his Malcolm Tucker impersonation was oh. hysterical. <laughs> Had the audience in stitches. Annika Wills is gorgeous. Yeah, I've not met her before. She's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And she's such Hot a lovely milk. lady. Do you know, just going around and chatting to everybody and, and keeping the boys straight on the panel, making sure that they weren't ignoring people's questions. She was fabulous. <laughs> and Wendy Padbury was there. Pint-sized perfection. She's beautiful as well. You know, the two of them look absolutely gorgeous. I think they were saying Annika Wills has just turned 72. You no would not way. know. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really stunningly attractive woman. I don't know how old Wendy Padbury is, but she has aged beautifully as well. Wendy Padbury has a portrait in the attic that's getting older. (laughs) 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 But there were a lot of really lovely people there. Absolutely smashing. I'm full of cold, as you can probably hear, mostly because I spent most of the weekend hugging and kissing lots of lovely Doctor Who people. And, of course, talking to, to Mr McGann. Yeah. 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 Who who was actually going to give Terry a ring. (laughs) Although, why? We didn't have a phone number, so he couldn't. Oh, my God. Just just, Ah. just for everybody's benefit, it was Terry's birthday (laughs) while Fuchsia was talking to Mr. McGann, so uh, Fuchsia kept it rather nice soundbite on Terry's behalf. Terry, ignore those voices. They're 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 sitting on me while I do this. Happy birthday. Sending love to you with both my hearts. From Paul McGann, the eighth doctor. Oh my God, like no one knew that. I like posted about my birthday for like two weeks straight. <laughs> yeah, you're like the queen, aren't you? You've got several. I year. made it last forever <laughs> in the day. I got so much juice out of that birthday. Ew. You. Yeah. You. Juice. Okay. I'm thinking fruit juice. What okay. are you thinking? Uh, fruit, you think it's fruit juice? Only a California thing. Fruit juice. What? Actually, visit you in person so you didn't get as much juice as you wanted. Moving on. Moving <laughs> on. So we're going to talk about the McGann himself. Let me give you what I know of Mr. McGann. Basically, he's a very nice scouser. He's not very tall. Did you, do- you may remember him from such programs as Agatha Christie stuff and Monocle Mutineer, yes. obviously. Yes. Um, Jonathan Creek. Yes. He was in a season of Luther as the wife's boyfriend. That gets beat up um, all the time. Yeah, Waking the Dead, Ripper Street. Oh, yes, he is. If he's um, British, he's the voiceover for an awful lot of adverts. Yes, he is. Um, he has basically, he's an all-round good egg, and obviously he was a certain doctor in the TV. Mm. TV, as they call it. 
of Doctor Who, which we hadn't had any Doctor Who in ages, and frankly, we were all so fucking overexcited. It could you could have worn a bin bag, <laughs> and it would have still been awesome. True, but. He became an icon for that whole era mm. while there was no Doctor Who, or he certainly did for me. Yeah, he did. And one of the big things that he's done, he's done a hell of a lot of audios. And while I'm not a massive fan of the audios, it, it's not because of him, and it's not because of his characterization of the Doctor, because I think it's fantastic. He's taken what he's got of the Doctor from the TV movie and really turned it into something. And it's not just the accent, it's not just the voice, it's the little things like he's always name-dropping. Mm-hmm. And, he, and occasionally mentions his shoes, and shit like that. It's the little things that he's taken and carried on, but he's done the same in fandom as well. He really embraced being the Doctor, and I think to some degree a detriment to the rest of his career. Possibly. Um, I don't know, because he's getting a lot of work from it. He does get a lot of work from it, but it's, I don't think it's very big money work, and I think he's yeah. a good enough performer. Yeah, the, but, but an actor is an artist, and true. we mistake sometimes good actors with famous actors. And if he loves the work, then I guess I don't understand how it gets much better than being the doctor and (laughs) giving people things they love, you know? I mean, his audience loves him. I mean, not everyone loves the TV movie, but I have not met a Doctor Who fan that dislikes Paul McGann. Yeah, Yeah, true. Uh, And if you don't like the TV movie, you're wrong. (laughs) You're wrong. You're just wrong. That's all there is to it. Debate there. I mean, come on. But, no, there's other Even podcasts for people that don't like the TV movie. Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> recommend something. Um, <laughs> Hot Patrol is very good. Uh, uh, Hot <laughs> classic. Uh, yes, plenty of others out there. Plenty of others out there. Okay, so. The thing with the TV movie is that there's a few things that we refuse to admit are canon because they're just not canon. La, Sorry. La, 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 la. Yeah, exactly. I can't hear Never that. Happened. Never happened. And we don't care. But Actually, the fact even. that he did such a good job playing the doctor, that he clearly was the doctor right from the second he started talking, and that the movie was well made in general and had nice visuals and the most beautiful TARDIS ever on mm. screen. I, it's still probably my favorite version of the Doctor Who. Yeah, music. but it's not too loud. It gives me goosebumps that music. It's mm-hmm. awesome. This is Daphne Ashbrook, and you better be listening to the Dirty Hooers. Oh yeah. I mean, he was also in With Nail and I and stuff, which is a really big cult classic. I saw With Nail and I in the outdoor air on Brighton Beach. And it was really funny because, I mean, it was already dark and stuff. But as soon as it started, all you could see was these little red dots being passed from person to person. I don't know what that was about. (laughs) (laughs) They seemed to go quite far, though. There must have been quite a lot of Rizzlers in them for some reason. I don't know. A lot of people there from Campbellwell. (laughs) (laughs) Were they they demanding Uh, cake and fine wine? Yes, carrot cake. (laughs) Carrot cake. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, he's part of a big acting family, the McGann's. They were were a band as well, called the McGann's or whatever. A couple of like a sort of boy band thing and all sorts of shit in England. There are there's so many McGann brothers. It's ridiculous, but of course, Paul McGann is the handsome one. So because one of the other McGann's looks very much like him as well. I can't remember which one it is. All do, but they're wrong. Joe actually looks very different because Joe's very tall. He did lots of comedy series. He's in a play in the West End at the moment because Paul was recommending everybody go see it if it's still on. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) Missed the name. (laughs) 
me being <laughs> good crap. job um, yeah I know I'm terrible but you know it's very good and Joe McGann's in it go find it <laughs> there you go that's your clue he was in uh, Hornblower wasn't he which I love <gasps> oh Hornblower yeah. Lieutenant Bush uh, I would go. just wait for Lieutenant Bush to show up well, I would wait for Lieutenant Bush to show up I'm like where's his scene <laughs> forward forward yeah. who cares about Hornblower <laughs> But I don't know. I think he's a big fan doctor. Like Colin Baker's a big fan doctor. Mm. Sylvester McCoy's a big fan doctor. Well, all of them I, have had the chance to really develop their characters through the audios as well. From our encounters with them, Colin and Paul are both lovely. They're really sweet people who do take their responsibilities to their fans very seriously. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, their characters, they did a lot with them when they were the doctor, too. They were very passionate that the role was, and so was Tom, don't get me wrong, they all, you know, John as well, but very, very passionate that when they were on, they were the doctor, and everything they say is serious, even if they are reversing the polarity of some fictional fucking thing. Yeah. When they're there, this is real. I've heard something very interesting at Dimensions. It was from a Russian lassie. Now, I know we've done the Colin Baker episode, but it's worth saying, is it, that he's very, very popular the Sixth Doctor in Russia because they view him as a very Russian doctor because he's very big and he's very, you know, what has to be done has to be done kind of thing. So they ignore him. No, that makes sense. That it does, doesn't sense. it? Funnily enough, we'd never yeah. thought of it. And as soon as you said it, everybody went. Yeah, that's right, actually. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just to sum up everything I'm going to say about McGann, if the option was there to go and get pissed, to have a few drinks with any doctor of my choice, oddly, I think I'd pick Paul McGann because I reckon he's the best laugh on a personal basis and he'd be the most interesting. And I know the others have had massive careers and things like that. I wouldn't even pick John Pertwee. I think I'd go for Paul McGann because I think the guy's a bit of a dude and I've got to say, just raising a quick glass to the chap, thank you very much, mate, for all the time and effort and for keeping our fandom going. You could have an awesome party with him as well because one of his sons is a DJ and apparently he's a very good DJ as well. (laughs) He definitely is intelligent, which is good when there's interviews with him i just like the the things he says he's pretty perceptive but talking about the eighth doctor for me the audios i know they're not canon but i kind of see them a little bit as canon because he has no other there's no other scream time so they might as well be his canon story and do you know what i'd listen very good do you know what puts um, me off a lot of them are excellent i don't know what order they're in that's what puts me off listening but to them this, and there's nowhere a, on the big finish about you I know, but I would put the time in to listen to his above all others if I knew where to start. I could if tell you where to start. I would gladly tell you that off screen. <laughs> off off screen. But just wanted to mention a couple of my favorite audios and a couple of my favorite books real quick. For the audios, and I haven't listened to all of them because I still have a lot to catch up on, but I've listened to a lot, let's say half of them, from the beginning to, you know, midpoint. And Chimes of Midnight is really good. I can't remember who wrote that. Take a guess. Take a guess who wrote Chimes of Midnight. Um, It's our friend, one of them. Bob Hoskins. Who? Bob Hoskins? Not Bob Hoskins. Well, you said take a guess. (laughs) (laughs) Rob wrote it. Rob Sherman wrote it. Rob Sherman? Oh, no way. Because I was also going to say my other favourite one is Scherzo, and I think that's also... It is not, also one of Rob's, yeah. It's also Rob Sherman. So I, I have to say, sorry, h- hello, my name is... And I like Dirty Hooers, or I am a Dirty Hooer, or... Yeah, I don't know, do I? No. I mean, frankly, I think the name's a bit juvenile. 
<laughs> I mean, I, or, or maybe it's it's unintentional. It seems to me that dirty hooers sounds a bit like you're saying, you know, something nastier. Chimes of Midnight is a very conventional, you know, it's a Doctor Who story, but it's super well done, super mm. well written, and it, it's very interesting. You're not bored. It's and actually it's more of a sapphire and steel than a Doctor Who, but it is very, very good. Well, that is... Doctor Who too, you know. Then the Scherzo is a radically different story. It's just a two-hander. It's only Paul McGann and India Fisher, <laughs> and they are terrific together. And I don't want to give away, but it's a very personal type of story. It's them resolving and tying up a lot of loose ends from a long story arc. And then also the Doctor suddenly having a lot of moments where he's very dark, merciless, and mean in some oh. parts. Yeah. Oh, and you never get that with the guns, Doctor, in the because yeah, he well, seems quite mm, sympathetic. Yeah, well, this is where there's a big, there's kind of a change that goes on, and there's just some darker aspects that start to come out. And it's because of what has happened just previous to the story, which is not super important to know, because um, you figure it out as you're listening to it. And they're stuck in this strange universe that has, I think, no visual. They're blind. They don't know oh. where they are, and they have to hold on to each other so they don't lose each other. It's some kind of bizarre pocket universe or something. There's no TARDIS. It's just them and a sound monster of their own creation. Oh, very good for an audience. It's very bizarre. It's spooky. It's creepy. It's also very dramatic, and there's a lot of relationship stuff that gets resolved, and it's fucking terrific writing. And then there's two books that I highly recommend, one called Alien Bodies by Lawrence Miles, which is incredibly written, and that story has to do with a very important funeral and it has to do with time lords and a bunch of other races that are from Doctor Who history and also there's a sandwich story there's a little prologue like sandwiches. and an epilogue with the third doctor and Sarah okay. Jane oh. holding a funeral for someone else and it's very, very interesting. And then there's something called The Taking of Planet Five, which is just a really weird story with a lot of references to H.P. Lovecraft creatures. and mm, Very Doctor Who, actually. Oh, yeah. And tons of Gallifreyan references and mm. TARDIS, all about TARDISes and how they're biomechanical creatures and they're bred by the Time Lords in the far-flunk future, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's fascinating. So anyway, I'm just going to throw those things out. They're, they're really good things to look up if you want to check it out. Okay, listen, before we pass the mic up to someone else, can I just say to our audience, I can hear Skype crap, you know, here. We're having real problems recording the podcast at the moment. We've tried a few different things, and as you know, if you've listened to previous podcasts, we've been having some issues. Also, we use a piece of software called Pamela to record our Skype, and it seems that Skype is going to shut off access to Pamela as of the end of November. So we have... Yeah. No fucking clue how we're going to record this podcast from then onwards with the issues that we've had. So you're just going to have to bear with us a little bit. And I'm sorry if the sound does crap out a weeny bit, but if you drink enough, you won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't had a drink before you listen to this, then fuck me. Wow. <laughs> really go drink. <laughs> or a smoke. Can I ask you just one question, Terry? Because sure. we have this ongoing joke that you fancy him again. And I know he's a good looking bloke and stuff like that. But actually, what does what does this era of Doctor Who mean to you? Because you talked a lot on the last podcast that you were actually living in San Fran when you saw this. Okay, let me clear something up. I just like his doctor a lot. 
It's not that I fancy him. Yeah, he's handsome and he's eye candy, whatever, and his voice is like butter. But <laughs> it's that I really like his doctor. His doctor's very earnest, but not in a boring way. Like, uh, for me personally, the fifth doctor had an earnestness, but it, it was just a little... Mm, he's just a little boring. I like the fifth doctor in the audio. He's a bit lawful good, isn't he? He's a bit too lawful good, the fifth yeah, doctor. Yeah, he's a bit the too milk good. Toast. Yeah. And Paul McGann somehow plays some of those elements better he's a little more fun and entertaining and he's got that romantic when i say romantic i mean from like the 1800s whatever um he's good <laughs> let me yeah. just say he's no, good Harry. so when i was in san francisco if you were a classic whovian you're like fucking starving for doctor who you're like, no fucking doctor who anywhere and you're reading books and you're just bored shitless you couldn't even then were the days you couldn't even buy a TARDIS. You couldn't even no. buy a toy TARDIS. But people no. say that to you today. They don't believe you. There was nothing. There was nothing. <laughs> it's and, true. And then suddenly that movie came on and you were like, oh, shit. Thank you, God. And yeah, there were things wrong with it, but I don't fucking care. I'll just ignore that shit because I want the doctor. I want the doctor back. I want a Doctor Who story. It, it was a period of time, wasn't it, where you'd meet somebody at a party and they'd just go, yeah, I like Doctor Who. And you'd think, actually, this is something Toby says in one of his sketches. He says, like, yeah, yeah, okay, you like Doctor Who. You think you know about Doctor Who and you think you like Doctor Who, don't you? Who directed Delta and the Bannerman? You don't fucking know, do you? Let me tell you who directed Delta and the Bannerman. It's one of Toby's things. And it's so true. There was that period of time where we were completely fucking starved. There was nobody. And it's before the advent of the internet when we could make podcasts and talk yeah. shit with people outside of the world you know so sen okay, i'm yeah. sorry you were trying to ask me a question or say something well i was just gonna say i know that you're a married woman but it really is okay for you to fancy a famous person you know yeah window shopping's all right as long as yeah. you don't know yeah. yeah yeah well, i get I'm shit for the paul mcgann thing in my home <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then he gets shit for liking Jennifer Aniston, so... (laughs) Really? Well, just in principle, I'm being harassed, I'm going to harass the person back, but uh, (laughs) I don't really give a shit if someone likes... So I gotta ask, Terry, I gotta ask, Yeah. you give him a free pass on Jennifer Aniston? You give him 12 hours of... No, here's the thing, I don't really want to... Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) No, 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 because I really don't want to do Paul McGann. I don't want to go to bed with Paul McGann. No, that's just like, ew, no. Well, just for the record, I have a fantasy like that, and I do want to go to bed with Uma Thurman when she's in Pulp Fiction. Moving on. So, Sam. (laughs) Sam, seriously, mate. Would you go to bed with Paul McGann? (laughs) Tell us. Come on. I think no, I think if you're going to go gay for a doctor, you'd probably... (laughs) Well, no, I don't know, Peter Davidson. (laughs) (laughs) Paul McGann. Two friends, then I might... And they were both female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Need to be clear about that. You know, we could do an entire episode of Would You with Doctor Who actors and actresses. Oh my yeah. God, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. We should. I'm serious. That should we be need, our anniversary. What do you think? You, you Americans have it. It's like Shag, Marry, Avoid, something like that. We mm-hmm. should do that with all the Doctors and Companions. Shag, Marry, Avoid. <laughs> Yes. If we couldn't sink any lower, I think we just did. <laughs> no, we don't know what we're going to go for, don't we? Wendy Pap. Just for fun. Yeah, go on. <laughs> oh, Elizabeth Sladen. Damn skippy. There's not very much for the women to go for. Unless it's Captain Yates. I, I don't mind Captain Yates. Ew. The Brig. Uh, Benton. 
Brig if he was young, but not yeah. there. Yeah, the Brig in the, in the first... Oh, my God, guys, we haven't even fucking mentioned this. And I'm sorry, it's a little bit off topic, I know, but... <laughs> Enemy of the world! Oh, my God, there's fucking new Doctor Who episodes. Oh, oh yeah, the fucking motherfucking... Wait! <laughs> <laughs> that was the first question anybody asked you when we were at Dimensions. Like, Have you seen them yet? It's like, no, I'm waiting for the DVD because I'm too tight yeah, to pay okay. for iTunes. No, 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 that's fine. To be honest, I'm deliberately not watching it. The missus has gone, should we get it tonight? Should we get it tonight? Fucking I'm like, no, let's watch some more Parks and Recreation or something <laughs> like that. Let's watch something else. She's like, why? Why don't you want to watch it? Because once I've watched it, I've watched it. You've watched oh, it. No, yeah. apparently. But they are very, 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 very good. Of course they fucking are. The doctor is not. Of course they're fucking awesome. Of course they are. But it's not. Here's the thing. I sat through all the telesnap version of Enemy of the World, and I loved it. I thought it was great. I remember when they found Tomb of the Cybermen. Everyone was just giddy, and I ordered the VHS instantly. And I watched it and went, "Awesome, new Trout." And when it was over, I went, "Yeah, that was okay." Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, it wasn't his best representation, right? But mm-hmm. I've read Enemy of the World. I've seen the existing episodes. And by all accounts, it is one of the greats of the 60s. Mm-hmm. And I just can't wait to see it intact because I know it's Trout and just chew and scream. And we've got more coming. I know. Well, more on the way. Well, I'm not supposed to say what we've got coming, but th- there's some that are too fucked to do anything with. And they don't want it to kind of conflict with the 50th anniversary Ooh. too much. So they're going to wait. We're probably going to hear about it officially in November, but I have it on a very good source that there's quite a few. Good, good. Um, I did watch Enemy of the World because, you know, fuck that. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> and it was so much better than I thought it would be because I already really? thought it was oh great. God. I already God. thought it was great. And when I watched it, I was just like, oh, my God. This is like Doctor Who caviar. All the amazing actors are in it. I mean, you know they're in it, but when you see them in action and the costuming is terrific in that story. Anyway, I, have a little, I have a little story from Dimensions about that, which I'll just round off nicely because Deborah Watling was a guest there. She actually remembered me interviewing her in that train yard in Derby years ago. Oh my God, really? Oh, bless her. Yeah, no, oh, she's such a lovely lady. Hello, my name is Deborah Watling and I do like the dirty hooves. She was doing a panel with David Troughton, so I've got some nice stories about Midnight when we get round to reviewing that. But she was saying that when they were rehearsing for Enemy of the World Pat Troughton had come in and he'd, he'd done the accent and apparently her and Fraser Hines had just looked at each other and they'd gone are you really going to do it like that to which apparently he just got you little shit <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have that I have a favourite anecdote that involves John Pertwee and Katie Manning, but I was told it by somebody who said it kind of off the record, and it involved... Don't! Don't! Oh, no, I really can't. It was nothing sexual or anything like that. But the one I know, and... If you're not supposed to say it, don't say it. Okay, but it was look. the best story I've ever heard about an actor playing the Doctor, and it made me love him ten times more than I oh do already. Okay, well, Sen yeah. still hasn't said what he wanted to say about Paul McGann or whatever. Oh, so we'll yeah. Yeah, because we are supposed doctor. to be talking about Paul McGann, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> you know, with musicians and actors and stuff, there's this separation between the process and the product. And, you know, you can tell which artists care more about the process than the product. And both types can be amazing at what they do. They can be the best in the world. But I think it's patently obvious that Tom Baker and Christopher Eccleston and William Hartnell are product actors. And Patrick Troughton and 
Paul McCann and Peter Davison are process actors. They just mm-hmm. love what they do. They do it because they love to do it more than they care about the finished product. And I think both philosophies work. But Paul McCann, you can tell, he loves acting, rehearsing, performing, it doesn't matter. He just seems to love the art. And that's when you said Ulan all to the detriment of his career, I don't think he would look at it that way. No, I okay. think a Tom Baker or a William Shatner or mm-hmm. Chris Eccleston would think that it was to the detriment of their career because right. you know those actors have said as much. But I think McGann just loves it. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm fantasizing no. about McGann as much as Terry does. But um. <laughs> I, No, I think you're right. I, I think you're right. I think the guy just seems to have a very positive outlook, and he seems to enjoy yeah. the work and the storylines. I mean, here's the thing. It is not a boring character to play. Every time you mm. do a new script, it's so different from any other script. But who else would spend years doing audio recordings for a company that even now only a few thousand people probably are absolute regular followers of? I mean, there's four of us here that are just dyed-in-the-wool Doctor Who geeks, and and only two of us actually follow the audios. You know, I'm not one of them. I mean, that's like Geek Central. If if you're trying to one-up nerd someone, all you have to do is say, Mm. I own all the big Finnish audios, and that ends the discussion (laughs) right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You you are a bigger sado than I am. Well done. (laughs) Have a drink. McGann seems to be a bigger geek than us. I mean, (laughs) he just seems to love playing the Doctor. Mm-hmm. He, he seems he to love acting. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's true. And and the Doctor is a great part. I mean, if you mm-hmm. love acting, you just have to enjoy it. I just wish he would have had four years on screen. I really Ooh. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. It's really a shame because I think he would have been excellent. I mean, just from the one hour you see and the audios, he would have been awesome. And yeah. this, for you crazy fuckers who actually listen to this thing. We're recording this before the 50th. You probably won't hear it till after. I so, <laughs> so hope that we get to see oh. at least some okay, oh. shit. If it's a 10 second regents cameo, but we have oh. I, I'm telling you right now and, and who got them on the spot? Yeah, I, I don't care how awesome the 50th is. Muffet better not fuck up this opportunity because we never saw again generate. So Paul McGann could be 90 years old and still play mm-hmm. the Doctor because we have no idea how long he wow. lived. And we know that this other Doctor, this this unspoken of Doctor, yes. we pretty much know that he's between McGann mm, and Well, we not necessarily. Know. He's dressed uh, very old, closely. Old, old McGann. Or he's, he's old McGann. He's dressed very much the same as Paul McGann's latest yeah. costume yeah, in Big yes, Finish. And if they make him an old McGann, I'm going to be fucking mad because there's no point oh, to that. Just use it, McGann. Uh, yeah, but McGann's not actually old. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the bait and old. switch. Yeah, good point, good point. Good point. There's got to be some kind of bait and switch, but McGann has got to be in this. And yeah. I mean, I was spooging five years ago about I want the 50th anniversary to just be Paul McGann and have it be the time. Yeah. And now we know it's not going to be exactly that, but he better fucking be in it because he deserves Maybe You're right. So maybe it's the old McGann and there's flashbacks to the young McGann. I gave up trying to guess 
I suppose really what we're looking at at the Eighth Doctor is the Doctor who almost never was, because he does mostly exist through the audios and the books. And the audios that I've heard him do are great. He has some brilliant companions. India Fisher, who the British listeners will know as the sexy voice lady over MasterChef. She plays Charlie, who was a very good companion. He basically rescues her from the R101, which causes all sorts of time cock-ups, because uh, she's supposed to die on it. And she doesn't, which causes all sorts of fun. Then his last companion was Lucy Miller who was played by Sheridan Smith, who does a stunning job, actually. She's really good. I've only listened to one of those, and it's one called Brave New Town, which has got Derek Griffiths in it, which, again, is a British thing. Mm. Anyone British of a certain age knows who Derek Griffiths is. Heads and, that's and tails, heads and tails, heads and tails. Anyway. Yes, uh, and it's a really good one. The audios have allowed a lot of the Doctors to develop beyond what we saw on screen and in a very good way. And it's the fact that Big Finish kept carrying the torch while the TV series was off the air and kept it in people's minds and kept mm. the Uber fans happy. And they've done an audio for the 50th because Nick didn't want to do um, a multi-Doctor 50th story because he, he wasn't sure whether they could pull it off. And people kept having a go at him and having a go at him. And David Richardson, who's another one of the big bods at Big Finish there, sort of badged him and had the idea and they've done one and it's basically the fourth and the eighth doctor all the other doctors make an appearance in one form or another with the companions that they all first appeared in the audios with and it's getting very very good reviews and it's called the light at the end i've ordered a special it. edition of it i'm waiting for it oh, to come gorgeous. in the mail it's gorgeous it's gorgeous it's a really beautiful book we were actually getting people to sign it while we were at dimensions mm. we didn't get everybody because there were just so many people there no it's, it's a really beautifully produced thing the special edition well worth picking up yeah paul mcgann is a really really lovely bloke who is very generous with his time and mm. is an absolute sweetie yeah and the eighth, and the eighth cool. doctor is quite cool as well yeah so basically we all, we all like the guy and that's quite rare for us to yeah. all like a doctor quite so much mm. mm-hmm. you know i really haven't got a bad thing to say about him though he didn't have a very long tenure i don't think even still that would have been anything about his performance or anything about his characterization that would have been other stories of shit that we'd end up bringing up because we tend to do that with doctors and they tend to reflect on the actor sometimes so listen charge your glasses ladies and gentlemen let's raise them 50th year thank you very much cheers um, cheers again, for keeping everything rolling for keeping us happy through the dark years and for being a fucking storming doctor cheers yeah awesome. bye bye goodbye you've been listening to the Dirty Hooers Doctor Who podcast follow us on iTunes or at dirtyhooers.com find us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers oh yeah we're also on Facebook See you next time. Okay, and here's where we say something amusing for the end so the prof can put it in and make us look like cunts. <laughs> 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 that, that, that'll work right. <laughs> <laughs>